There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Jim McTeer, and I welcome you to this La Liga Lowdown podcast, Coming to you in the week after David Villa, the man nicknamed El Guaje, the kid, played his final league game of his career. He said his goodbyes after a 4-1 home win with Vissel Kobe over Jubilo Iwata in Japan. And he will officially hang up his boots either on December 21st in the semi-final of Japan's Emperor's Cup or on January 1st the day of the final, should they qualify for that. His final league match, though, was where he got his big send-off. That there was the sound of the striker being presented to the crowd in Kobe after his final league match. The fans cheered for him and video messages were played from the likes of Iker Casillas, Xavi Hernandez, Andrea Pirlo, Pepe Reina, Raul, Joaquin, Juan Mata, Unai Emery and even Rafa Nadal. He was also presented with some of the trophies he'd won during his career, which included the Champions League and a World Cup. To learn how he achieved such success though, we have to go back to the very start and Matt Clark is on hand to do exactly that. Villa was born in Tuia, near Langreo, in the Principality of Asturias, and was always playing football, often with children older than him, which earned him the moniker El Guaje, the kid in Asturian. But he very nearly never made it into professional football. He suffered a bad fracture to his femur while playing football with older children and was hospitalised for weeks. His father Jose was determined that David would recover fully. His dad used the recovery time as an opportunity to strengthen what was his weaker foot, his left. Seemingly endless throws and passes from his dad allowed him to develop the strength and skill of his weaker foot. So much so that once healed, his stronger foot was actually no better than his other foot. He had become ambidextrous. Villa suffered further setbacks in his youth career as his game time at Langreo began to diminish and he even questioned whether he would continue to pursue his dream. What was the point of it all if he wasn't out on that pitch? But a teenage mind is a complex thing and his dad was once again there to comfort and reassure David. Things would get better, keep working at it, it will happen. These positive messages hit home and Villa continued his development. By the age of 16, he had joined the Youth Academy of Sporting Gijón, following the path made by his idol and Spanish legend, Kini. At this key stage of life, with security no guarantee, 
David Villa had to be sure that football was the chosen path for him. While many of his peers were embarking on apprenticeships or beginning working life, Villa knew he had to make this chance count. Real Oviedo had passed up the chance to take Villa, deeming him too short to be an effective forward. This rejection must have stung, but it did not deter Villa. Sporting Gijón manager Pepe Acebal had his doubts too, suggesting that his stamina was not at the required level and he would have to be eased into matches slowly, but he did heap praise on his work ethic and determination to succeed, calling it unrivaled. Acebal believed in him and duly gave him his first team debut in the last game of the 2000-2001 season against Córdoba at El Molinón. Villa scored 18 league goals in his first full season at Sporting, as he became more prominent in the side. A real highlight for fans were his stellar performances against the club who rejected him, local rivals Real Oviedo. First in the Copa, Villa scored a brace in a 4-2 victory, before scoring against them again later that month in Segunda at the Carlos Tartier. Scoring in an away derby win is enough to make any player an instant fan favourite. He simply blew them away, and their defence just couldn't cope with a 19-year-old. He was proving those doubters wrong in the most overt way possible. His second season was even more prolific. It was a peculiar sequence. Villa didn't score in the first eight league games of the season, as Sporting endured a winless start. But then a late penalty at home to Murcia in November kick-started a real hot streak. Villa netted seven in his next three games, including two braces and a hat-trick. His goals seemed to help the team, as they went unbeaten until the new year. By the end of the season, Villa had notched up 20 goals, a real headline-grabbing figure. Sure enough, Villa's form had caught the attention of top-flight clubs and precipitated a move to Real Zaragoza and into La Liga. He found the net on a regular basis, as before, but this season also included Zaragoza's Copa del Rey success. Villa scored four goals in their campaign, including the only goal in a 1-0 win at Camp Nou and a crucial goal in the final, which they won in extra time against a Real Madrid side featuring the likes of David Beckham, Zinedine Zidane, Luis Figo and Raul. Across his two seasons at Zaragoza, Villa scored 32 goals in 73 league appearances, proving that he was worthy of his place in the Spanish top flight. His form also earned him recognition on the international stage as he made his debut for Luis Aragonés' Spain side in a World Cup qualifier against San Marino, which was the beginning of his glorious international career. On his return to Zaragoza, the fans were so proud of their player that they invented the now famous chant Ia 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 Via Maravilla. Villa had worked his way up. It was often gruelling, often painstaking, but he had progressed step by step into a top La Liga forward. In many ways, he was the complete forward. Strong, quick, positive in his decision making, intelligent and humble. He scored all types of goals, many of them wonderful to watch. But his rise was nowhere near done yet. There was a lot more to come from Villa and he'd be taking the next steps of his career at Mestalla, where Er Paco Pollitt was a season ticket holder. Paco picks up the story here. 
You possibly won't believe me when I say this, but David Villa's signing was quite controversial back in the day. In summer 2005, Valencia paid 12 million euros to Zaragoza in the third case ever of the club paying the buyout clause for a player. The last one, which deserved such an effort, went quite well actually, midfielder legend Ruben Baraja five years earlier. But still, paying such a high price for a relatively unknown striker was seen by some fans as a big risk. David Villa Sanchez would prove them wrong very, very quickly. The only way to properly put Villa's impact into context is by looking at his incredible stats. In his first season in a big team, Villa scored 28 goals, including possibly the best goal of the season in a game played in February 2006 in Riazor with a 50-meter strike which absolutely surprised both Molina, the goalkeeper, Deportivo La Coruña and the whole stadium. In his second season, he scored 20, a few less, but five of those goals were scored in the Champions League and one of them against Inter de Milan with a spectacular long-range strike free kick which went straight past Julio Cesar and then we get to the 2007-2008 season with all of the turmoil coach Kike Sanchez Flores getting the sack when Valencia were third in the league president Juan Soler going Absolutely crazy and appointing Ronald Koeman as the new manager. Albelda Cañizares and Angulo being tossed aside of the whole squad. Okay, in such a season, Villa delivered 22 goals and was absolutely crucial for Valencia winning the Copa del Rey after beating Real Betis, Atletico Madrid, Barça and finally Getafe in the final. Summer 2008 came along, David Villa had struggled with the pressure from the media who took a side with Raúl González as Spain's number 7, but Luis Aragonés knew exactly what he had to do. David Villa was going to be the starter in the Euro 2008 and David Villa delivered. He was the tournament's top scorer with four goals and conquered the European tournament with the national side. An incredible feat for both the player and all of his teammates. After peaking in 2008, Villa's form continued to be godly with 31 and 28 goals in his last two seasons. Valencia, however, disappointed in not being able to fight for more trophies under Unai Emery's command from the bench. Offers kept coming from big sides. For example, in summer 2009, Real Madrid was very close to sign him, but Valencia managed to keep him in the squad, obviously as the best paid player with the highest salary. But the striker asked the president, Manuel Llorente, as a favor to him to let him go once he got the team once again into the Champions League next summer. And that's exactly what he did. In spring 2010, just before the World Cup, Barca representatives struck a deal with Manuel Llorente for a 40 million euros fee. Villa left Valencia in the third place that season and said goodbye to the club in May 2010. In the same day, Rubén Baraja retired from football at Mestalla. His scorecard after five seasons in Valencia was absolutely crazy. 129 goals in 252 games. A goal every two games. Possibly the best striker ever for Spain. Stats would prove eventually so. And the best striker in the world as he would show once again months later in the World Cup played in South Africa. There's a lot more to reflect on as we discuss the David Villa story. He'd already achieved so much by the end of his Valencia career, but there was a lot more to come to, and we'll discuss that after this short break. 
This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown episode where we are looking back at the career of David Villa, the all-time top scorer for the Spanish national team with 59 goals from 98 caps. I can tell you that stat because we know it, but to tell you how many goals he scored in total in his career is far more complicated because, to put it simply, we've lost count. The various stats sites where you would normally find such details have conflicting accounts, partly because he did play in some more exotic leagues, but it's estimated to be somewhere around 400 goals. Of the 59 he netted for his country, five of them came at the 2010 World Cup. Of course, one of his finest moments. Villa won that tournament with Spain and also Euro 2008, but injury ruled him out of Euro 2012. Sticking on 2010 though, let's now go to Roman de Arcaire, who's going to tell us about Villa's Barcelona years following his arrival at the club in 2010 after success in South Africa. David Villa's three seasons at Barcelona were definitely the most successful in his career, when it came down to winning titles at least. Already in his debut he managed to lift the first of eight trophies he achieved as a Barca player. It was in the Supercopa de España final versus Sevilla, where the Catalans won by a comfortable 4-0 result. David Villa was subbed in in the 57th minute when Barca were leading 3-0, giving him the opportunity to get to know his new team better and to feel involved in the collective victory. And it wouldn't take him long before scoring his first official goal. It was during Barca's season opener in La Liga against Racing de Santander. Villa was chosen as a starter in Pep's 11 and delivered with a third goal in a 3-0 away win at El Sardinero. That season he managed a total of 23 goals in 52 games. 
But despite having a successful career at Barcelona, things weren't easy for him. Because in Valencia he was used to scoring very often and being a reference for his team as a number 9. So Kules were expecting just that from him, a striker capable of scoring many goals. But under Pep's management his role changed quite a bit. The reason for that was none other than Leo Messi. The Argentinian played it in the false 9 position and in that layout there was no room for a killer number 9 such as David Villa. So Pep opted to play the Asturian on the left wing far away from his natural habitat. So despite scoring goals he never seemed as comfortable as when he was back at Mestalla during the previous years. But if there ever were any doubters, they were won over after one particular game where Villa stood out with a splendid performance. It was a 5-0 thrashing versus Mourinho's Real Madrid at the Camp Nou, in which he scored two goals in the space of three minutes, as well as providing an assist. A game in which Gerard Pique popularized La Manita after many years by lifting his hand and showing his five fingers to celebrate the result. Villa was fantastic overall, proving to be a big threat for Real Madrid, looking for spaces in behind the defense all the time and ultimately joining the celebration at the Camp Nou with his goals. But in that 2010-2011 season, from March onwards after scoring 4 goals in 4 consecutive games, he began struggling to get the ball into the net. In those 3 upcoming months till the end of the season in May, he only managed 2 goals. One was against Osasuna in La Liga, but the other just couldn't have come in a better moment. It was during the most important game of the season, the Champions League final versus Manchester United at Wembley. Barca managed to defeat Alex Ferguson's side for the second time in the UCL final, in this occasion with a 3-1 result in which Barca's front three, Pedro, Messi and Villa all scored. The Astorian got the third goal when Barca was barely leading 2-1, with a spectacular curler from outside the box, a season he would never want to forget and like the upcoming one during 2011-2012. Things started off well, with Barca defeating Real Madrid in the Supercopa de España and Villa scoring in the first of the two games, and then winning the European Super Cup versus Porto. He netted 9 goals in 23 games so far, until the FIFA Club World Cup in which he fractured his tibia while playing against Qatar's Al Sadd. This injury meant missing out the rest of the season in which his club won that title as well as the Copa del Rey. He was then ready for the start of the third and final season at the Camp Nou, but it would never be as successful as his first year. He scored a total of 16 goals in 43 games. Not ideal numbers from Villa, but the fact was that he was no longer an undisputed starter after the signing of Alexis Sanchez. His contributions weren't as required as in his first season and a half due to the fact that he'd been slightly relegated to secondary role. That season at least he won La Liga trophy, but then decided it was time for a change. Years later he confessed that he left Barcelona because he didn't feel as important in the squad at the time, which then led to a new adventure in his career of many to come. I remember that 2012-2013 season really well. That was the first year I lived in Spain and I lived in Barcelona at the time. So naturally I saw a lot of Barcelona games and they absolutely destroyed La Liga that season under Tito Villanova. And Villa was, after Messi, probably my favourite player to watch. But then Villa made the move from Barcelona to Atletico Madrid in the summer of 2013. Barcelona basically wanted rid of his hefty salary, which is why he was allowed to move to Atletico for a scarcely believable fee of just 2.1 million euros. 
spoiler alert, this would come back to bite them in the backside. Atletico Madrid knocked Barcelona out of the Champions League that season and won the 2013-14 La Liga title at the Camp Nou, with Villa being a really important piece as he scored 13 league goals. That was more than he'd managed in his final year at Barcelona. He even scored against Barcelona 12 minutes in to his Atletico debut in the Supercopa, although the Catalan side did go on to win that pre-season honour. At the end of that year, David Villa was a champion of Spain once again, and that was when he decided to move on. He left Spanish football on the highest of highs. It was in New York City and that new MLS expansion team, New York City FC, that Villa found himself next. To tell that overseas part of the David Villa story, here's Sam Leverage. David Villa took a huge gamble when he left Atletico Madrid and fans could not quite believe it. He left the stature of Atletico Madrid, having just won La Liga and he was heading to MLS, but not just MLS, to New York City, a team that when he left in July 2014 had never played a competitive fixture of football. It was a bit of a gamble from the Spaniard and it paid off for him. He was named captain before they'd even kicked a ball. And even before he got to don the New York City shirt, he was loaned out to Melbourne City in Australia, which was where he made his first appearance after leaving Atletico. And it was where he made his first appearance for the City Football Group, which belongs to the same owners as Manchester City. He scored two goals in four games for the Australian team and the club credited him with tripling their attendances while he was there. It was meant to be a 10-game spell, but in the end it was only four as New York City recalled him to get started with their season in MLS. He actually scored the first ever goal for the club in a friendly against Scottish side St Mirren and it was the first of many. He was named captain for the team and he scored a goal every 130 minutes. It's even more impressive when you look at his record in the big fixtures, the important ones. While he never won any silverware with New York City, he did record three goals in the seven playoff games that he was involved in and was really their talisman, the real star of their team and a key player. At no point in any of the four years that he was at the club did he register less than a goal every other game with his statistical returns and he even made the MLS All-Star teams in 2015 and 2016. This wasn't just a player who went to New York City to see out his career, but he went and he became a star in MLS, not just for New York City, but for the league itself. He was one of the biggest attractions in the US to go and watch football and he was clearly, by quite a long way, one of the highest quality players despite his age. And it proved a point too. Many discussed how making those kinds of moves was the end of a career for many players, the end of their competitive career at the highest level. But Julian Lopetegui didn't think so and he recalled him to the Spain squad. It had been three years since he announced his international retirement after the 2014 World Cup, but he returned in August 2017 for two qualifiers for Spain. In the end, he played just one minute of action in a 3-0 win against Italy at the San Estadio Santiago Bernabeu, but it was a symbolic return for David Villa who had struggled with injuries as he was leading up 
up to those international appearances. At the end of that time at New York City, one where fans were devastated to see him go, he decided to leave in December of 2018 for one last challenge and he would head to Japan, which is where he met up with Andres Iniesta once his team mate for the Spanish national team and he joined them in December 2018 and it was one year that he was to be playing in the J-League again creating an impressive record with 13 goals from 28 games and a further two assists so just dropping below that one goal every other game but not far off and then it was a good year for him as well he scored in his final game against Hubilo with a pinpoint penalty just 10 minutes before he came off as a substitute to a rapturous reception he scored that penalty and immediately ran to his family who were pitch side falling to his knees to celebrate with his three children and his wife as well it was the perfect ending and a fitting ending to a brilliant career yes David Villa is going out on a high at the age of 38 he is bowing out of football and everyone here at La Liga Lowdown wishes him all the best in whatever he pursues next. I want to thank all the contributors to this podcast. That's Matt Clark, Paco Pollock, Roman de Arker and Sam Leverage. I've been your host, Jim McTeer, and I thank you very much for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.